This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, and welcome to Land Grant Uncut. My name is Matt Tamanini. On this podcast, we bring you uncut audio from press conferences and interview sessions with Ohio State players, coaches, and sometimes various and sundry other figures from the sporting world. On today's episode, you will hear from Ohio State head football coach Ryan Day and the team's defensive coordinator, Jim Knowles. They spoke to the media, as they do every Tuesday, in an effort to look back at the Youngstown State game this past Saturday and forward to the Western Kentucky game coming up on Saturday, September 16th. While it was not the very first question that he was asked, Ryan Day did, in fact, name a starter, which, if you're listening to this, chances are you probably already know what that's going to be, but I won't spoil the surprise for those of you that might not know. The head coach also discussed some of the ongoing issues with the offensive line, his concerns about the number of plays that the team is getting off, and much more. Defensive coordinator Jim Knowles also discussed the specific challenge that a pass-happy team like the Hilltoppers will present to his defense this coming Saturday. He also said that while many fans, onlookers, and analysts are concerned about the Ohio State defensive line's lack of pass-rushing productivity so far this year, that defensive ends JT Tui Malowau and Jack Sawyer are in fact doing their job, and this week will be an opportunity for the entire defensive line to show what they are capable of. Now, before we get into all of that audio, if you're finding this episode on LandGrantHolyLand.com, please make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that you can get all of the unique, varied perspectives that you will only hear from the Land Grant Podcast Network. Also, please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you get your podcasts at. We've still got some negative reviews that are dragging us down from a much different era of the Land Grant Podcast Network history, and we had completely different hosts and weren't bringing you nearly as much content on a daily basis, so any help that you can provide us would be appreciated. All right, with all of that out of the way, here first is Ohio State head football coach, Ryan Day. It's not what I was expecting you to ask, but I'll, I'll we'll start with that one. I was ready. I had it right here. Dave Biddle. Who's the starting quarterback? Okay, gonna, gonna have to move that one down, Dave. Um, yeah, third down. Um, we, we found ourselves this year so far in some uh, third and twos and third and threes that we haven't converted on offense. Um, 
you know, and we've got to get fixed. We've got to do a better job of that. Um, you know, we're, um, you know, just been in some situations where we haven't executed very well. In those those situations, we, we expect to. And, you know, third and long, third and extra long, different story. But third and medium, third and short, um, we've got to keep drives going. <laughs> Are we doing two questions? Yeah. So um, after you know, reviewing the film, you know, we've decided that, that Kyle's going to be the starter um, and that, you know, make that distinction. Um, we still plan on playing Devin, but we feel like Kyle has, has really stepped up to, to, and deserves to be the starter. So, um, you know, we're going to go ahead and make that distinction. All right. Fourth row right. Uh, Cameron T. Robinson, The Athletic. Ron, when you looked at the film, what, what stood out about Kyle for you to, to make that decision? Yeah, just the overall... Uh, consistency that I think he's been playing with. He, you know, he made some uh, some nice throws. He um, you know, kept the offense going. He uh, came out of the gates playing efficient football, and and that's what we're going to look for moving forward. But uh, I would just say overall consistency. When sometimes like the outside narrative is that like it's just some Youngstown State, but when you have a quarterback who's made his start, career start, seeing even just incremental progress, right. what does that do for his confidence? Yeah, that's. I, I think it's it's building. You can see. I think. Regardless of, of the opponent, when you play in Ohio Stadium, and um, you know you get your second start, you know you have to see how people are going to react. I thought he was much more poised in this game than the first one, and I think that's natural. So again, you know we'll see if we can we can build on that. Uh, but like you said, bigger challenges ahead. Uh, far right, Adam K, WBNS. Uh, what will Devin's role be moving forward? Do you know? Is it? I mean, do you want to get him out there still schedule drives, or is it just? Whenever you get a chance. Yeah, we, we'd like to. We'd like to get them get out there and play. I think it depends on the opponent, depends on uh, the strategy. Um, there's a lot that will come into play each week. I don't think it'll be something that we do the same thing every week, but um, we'll look at the opponent, we'll look at the situation, we'll look at the schematics of it all and, and see where he fits. How important is this week for Kyle to get out there and have one full game as the starter before going to South Bend? I think it's important for everybody to play well this week. You know, We, we have to keep upgrading and keep playing. Um, you know, Kyle's no different, but, you know, I think, you know, we all want to have a great week of work and we all want to keep getting better. And, um, you know, when, now we're getting into game three. So, you know, want to keep building and growing. I think it's a really important week for us. Uh, fifth row, uh, right. Uh, Spencer Holbrook, Letterman Row. Brad, when you reviewed the film, uh, what did you like from the offensive line and what still concerns you about those, those five? Players? Yeah, I, I thought the protection overall was solid. I think they gave uh, Kyle, um, you know, some good time. Uh, kind of keep building on that. I thought their 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 effort and their finish was was much better, and uh, you know there was some some good plays where I thought we came off the ball, um, but you know again overall consistency is something that we're working on, and you know we got to get better. But um, there was some improvement there. But you know we expect on third and one, third and two, third and three to to execute to get first downs, and um, you know there was a couple couple penalties in there as well. Um, so got to clean those things up. But Josh specifically. I mean, I mean, he shows progress in blocking, but then has the penalties. How do you keep his mind right and make sure that he knows that, hey, you're still on track to do something that we want you to do? Yeah, it's constant communication, and that's you know that's on us as coaches to make sure that we're doing the right things that he can do and, and allowing him to to play free and, and not you know worry about making mistakes, but at the same time um, you know think clearly and, and be able to you know, put his best foot forward, his be put his best play on the field. You know, if we're doing too many things that we got to cut back, if we're not doing enough to putting him in a situation to be successful, then we have to look at that. Um, and, and he has to just keep growing. But the more he plays, the better he's going to be. The, the talent's there. Far right, Rob Aller, Columbus Dispatch. 
Brian, you've expressed uh, some frustration several times now about the, the shortening of the game, the fewer the plays. That's not changing. If you had a chance to talk to your staff about like what can you do differently to take advantage of this? Uh, I think it's just on a week-to-week basis. I think you know we're we're in for a different challenge this week. You know, this week you're going to see a team that throws the ball a lot more, plays faster, uh, different challenge. Um, so we'll just take it on a week-to-week basis. And um, I mean, listen, the bottom line is, you know, if we get off the field or we convert on third downs, then, then we're moving more efficiently, and that's that's going to be the goal. But we do talk about what teams, you know, goal is on each side of the ball and and how they you know plan to attack us, and so. You know, we have to adjust and adapt based on who we're playing. And this this week will be a different challenge. You said also that it's um, guys deserve to play. That's got to be hard as a coach when guys don't get to play. It, how, how hard is that? Can you describe talking to guys that don't even get in a game because mainly of this shortened game? Yeah, I think they understand, but um, but but they want to get on the field. They, they came here to play, and um, you know we want to get them in the game. And you know, the guys that deserve to. You know, there's there's some guys that are still young that are working their way up, and and the goal is that by the end of the season we have you know really good depth at all positions, um, and so that's that's where the growth during the season and the work that we have to put in we're going to be a lot look a lot different team now than we are in, in a couple of weeks and, and vice versa. So, um, you know, I, I think that it's going to be important to try to get as many guys in the game as we can, but at the same time, you know, we got to. We got to get the guys who are starters and the first string guys in there to get enough reps to, to continue to build. Second row right, Bill Landis, Rivals, the podcast. Ryan, is, is there anything that can make a, an offensive line sort of more adept to zone schemes versus gap schemes or, or, or vice versa? And have you observed anything about your line relative to that in these first two games? Um, yeah, I think it's, it's a good question. You know, some teams, like you said, some guys are built more uh, for gap schemes, you know, the, just the, the size of the guys, you know, usually the bigger, stronger guys are a little bit more of of the gap schemes, um, you know, more athletic teams usually do a little bit more of the zone schemes. I think our guys can do both. Uh, I think they have the size and the athleticism to do both. And when you can change up what you're doing against the defensive line where, you know, one time you're, you're down blocking on them, the next time you're really, you know, zone reaching them and creating space, um, you're putting them in stress. But um, and that's only if we're fitting them up right and we're hitting them right. Um, I, do, I do think there was some, some good hits on Saturday. I, I do, but, but not nearly consistent enough. It, it seemed like compared to the Indiana game, maybe you guys were a little more inside run focused against Youngstown State. Um, is that just a product of the opponent or are you just trying to work through some stuff? Is that perhaps something you think you guys might do better? Like, what was the thought process? Yeah, I, I, once in a while, you got to just say, hey, we're going we're gonna to run the ball up the middle and, and, and make four yards and, and then do it again. That's part of growing a team and building a team. I thought, you know, we did a nice job a couple of times of getting the ball to the perimeter and creating some explosive plays. But ultimately, you know, uh, we also have to run the ball inside the tackles. So there's a little bit of both going on there, especially in a game early in the season. Fourth row middle, Tony Gerbin, Buckeye Huddle. Ryan, in the, uh, the process of getting your starting quarterback, how much of an impact do you think that has had on third downs and offensive efficiency? Um. Yeah, I mean, the quarterback is a huge part of that. Um, as we know, the quarterback really gets judged on third down in the red zone. Um, opportunities to throw the ball down the field, um, you know, and play action and, you know, to cre- you know create explosives, decision making. But, but yeah, I mean, that, that's going to be a big part of it and the timing and, and all that. But I, I think that there's been enough this year in that third and medium, three, four, two, that, that we haven't converted on that uh, we got to help them with. 
Has that been more of an offensive line thing, or like what? I don't think you can point to one thing, but but that's that's what happens, you know, when you have uh, some inexperience there. You know, it's one one thing here, one thing there, and you know, you add those up, then you know you're not as efficient as you'd like to be. So, uh, we've met as a group, we've talked about it, and uh, we're gonna try to put, give them a good plan and go after it again this week. Pat Murphy, 24-7 Sports. Going back to Rob's question about the, the clock and the rules, <clears throat> you obviously dealt with similar rules in the NFL. I know it's been quite a while since you were there, but how, how much can you draw back on, on your experiences of being an offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach, that to, to help? Yeah, I, I just think it's a totally different game. You know, even um, just, you know, I threw on a little bit of that, that Jets game last night and just watched it. It just... You, know, you break the huddle at 15, and you know just the numbers aren't as aren't as big in in, in that league as it is in college, and uh, it's just very different that way. You know they play the game in the middle of the field. Um, you know you really don't see any teams in the NFL go really go no huddle. Most of them are huddling for the most part, and so um, it's just different. You know there's just not as many plays in the NFL uh, as there is in college. Uh, more games in the regular season, so um, just different. Yeah. Some more on the clock thing. As a play caller, when I mean, you have certain things that you're trying to get done on the drive, certain things you want to get done in a game. How have the clock rules maybe affected what you want to run on game day? And also, like, do you feel like when you call something, it has to be more maximized than maybe in the past? Yeah, yeah. There's no question. It has to. We've talked about that as a team. It has to be more efficient. You know, we got to come out of the gates and be efficient. I thought we did that. Um, you know, in the first quarter, we took the ball and uh, we were. You know, how does it affect a game like it was on Saturday? You're trying to play fast. You know, we're trying to play fast. They're trying to play slow. That's just kind of the back and forth of it all. Um, you know, when we start getting into you know some different games down the road, that's not going to be the focus. You know, the focus will be on winning the game. But um, you know, yeah, we, we tried to get as many plays as we possibly could. So your number is just your efficiency numbers are maybe down from the last couple of years. Through two, it's only two game samples, so I understand that. But is the Lack of efficiency, just trying to adjust to the play clocks, the clock situation, or is that an execution problem? No, I just think that there's less there's less at bats right now, um, and it, it's also based on our opponents and the, and the way that they they played the game. You know, it was a little bit probably like playing, you know, um, some of the service academies. You know, they're running the ball, and and that's that's smart by them. That's good by them. It's just a different style of game. You know, I think about maybe some of the games in the past that we were playing against no huddle teams that threw it. Sort of like the team that you know we're going to play this week, so it'll be um, you know it'll be a different feel we think this week if things go as uh, as planned. Uh, third row left, Dan Holt, Eleven Warriors. Ryan, and for two games the defensive ends haven't had any sacks. Is there anything you're seeing on film of just why they're not being able to get to the quarterback right now? Um, again, I think it's just going to be a different situation this week with Western Kentucky. Um, they're going to throw the ball a lot more than our last two opponents. And you know they're going to play fast and try to spread us out. I think they do an excellent job. I mean, it's going to be a big, a big uh, challenge for our defensive line. It's going to be a challenge for our defense. Um, you know, they do a great job on defense and, and try to ch change up the look. So schematically, we're going to get, we'll get stressed out. So I mean, this is a good challenge for us, and um, I think we'll have a better feel about that coming out of this game. How important do you think it is for the success of this defense going forward for those guys to be getting pressure on a consistent basis? Yeah. Um, it, it, Everything starts up front on both sides of the ball. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, the defensive line and Larry takes a lot of pride in is getting the pressure on the quarterback. So um, this will be an opportunity this week doing that because of how much they throw the football and, and they have a really good quarterback and a really good scheme. So, um, you know, it's, and, and it, it goes hand in hand with the coverage. 
you know, I mean, if, if the coverage is really strong, then, they, you know, the quarterback has to throw the ball or hold the ball longer. Um, you know, if the coverage is loose, the ball comes out a little sooner, you know, and it's the same thing with the D-line. You know, they have to, you know, rush. You know, if they're, if they're not getting to the quarterback, he can hold on to it longer. You know, they, they have to work together. Um, and so, you know, again, um, different approach this week than what we've seen in the last couple. Far left, Whitney Harding, WCMH. Ryan, you just talked about some of the ways Western Kentucky is very impressive. Um, of course, you're not going to overlook a team, but with Notre Dame next week and what this Western team can do, how dangerous are they at this point in your season? Well, I, I think, you know, for us, we know, you know, areas that we have to improve, and, and we have some guys that haven't played a whole bunch of football, and then we have, you know, some other guys who, you know, really are looking forward to take the next step in their development. So, um, you know, I don't see it as that at all. Um, you know, we're just we're not there right now. We we got to keep building and growing and um, in all three phases. So uh, I don't see it like that at all. We got a lot of respect for what they do, and um, you know, watch the way they played Auburn last year. And I mean, they're they'll put stress on us. So you know, we we got an opportunity to go out and and, and try to play our best game of the year, and that's really what matters. And then we'll go from there. We don't know much about Western Kentucky. What about head coach Tyson Helton and what they do offensively just really impresses you? Uh, probably that they work off of each other. You know, you can you can clearly see there's a plan on both sides of the ball and what they want to do. They they want to throw it and score a whole bunch of points, and um, and, and the defense you know kind of works with the offense the way that they're they're set up. Um, so uh, impressed with that. You know, they they have an identity. Uh, second row middle, Nathan Baird. Clarify by, by naming Kyle the starter. How does that change the practice week? I assume that Devin said they were still splitting reps pretty much 50-50 last week. How does that change, and what, how do you envision that helping Kyle be better? Yeah, well, I think first off, it it you know gives Kyle uh, first off peace of mind that I think you know he, he realizes that he is the starter and he's he's earned that opportunity. Um, secondly, he um, you know will receive you know more of the reps. Um, you know, Devin will still get. You know, reps in practice, he'll get reps with the ones, but um, you know, Kyle will get a little bit more than he than he has the last couple of weeks, and I think it's good for for the team to have that distinction to know that, that Kyle right now is the starter. You said back in you know, spring, maybe it's even as early as February, when you were talking about this process, that you were looking for a special treat. What's common court special treat? I mean, I, I think right now, um, you know, it, it would be consistency overall. Just. You know, um, we've talked about managing the game in terms of making routine plays routinely, uh, not making bad plays worse. And then we have an opportunity to go make that play on third down in the red zone. We've got to go make it. And I think he's starting to learn how that works, how the game works, the preparation and those type of things. And, and, and if we can keep building on that, then I think you'll see more and more play. Um, you know, accuracy is, is another thing that, you know, he's he's been he's missed a couple throws. But, you know, we see accuracy in him that that. Um, you know, has a, has a chance to be special as well. Uh, from the right, Austin Ward, Rivals, the podcast. Ryan, when you realized or saw the stat sheet, when you saw Travion's carries, what did you think of that? I would love to see uh, him get more, more touches, yeah. Um, but then again, when I looked at everybody, I wish they had more, yeah. When you, it's like we spent coming out of the first week, like, well, Marvin's got to touch it more. And then week two, now we're talking about Travion. I realize there are a lot of mouths to feed and then, you know, the efficiency plays into this as well. How much, when you're building or designing a game plan, are you, do you have it in your mind, X number of touches for somebody? We try to do, okay, uh, let's look at the schematics of it all and figure out here's a play that we think we run that fits against this defense. We put it up on the board. And then 
And then at the end, we'll say, okay, how, how is this all shaken out? You know, is it, is it heavy one side or another? And what we're not going to do is compromise what's best for the team just to make sure that, you know, everyone's touching the ball in a certain game. You saw in the first game, Julian and, and Cade got a bunch of touches. The next game, you know, Marv got some more. And, you know, that, that's pretty normal uh, of the way it goes. So, um, you know, we, we try to be aware of it. But at the same time, we're not going to let it affect, you know, how we're doing our day-to-day stuff. Front row, Joey Kaufman, Columbus Dispatch. Ryan, have you faced an offense that's at all comparable to the Western Kentucky in terms of just the volume in which they throw over the last few years? Um, I felt like maybe a few years back against Indiana, they were throwing it a bunch, you know, with Penix. You know, I, I feel like they were throwing it a lot that year. Um, you guys probably remember more than I do. But uh, but this this is a this is a little bit unique. Is there anything you can draw on some of those kind of, maybe like just some of Jeff Brom's teams? So is there anything you can like draw on some of those teams you've faced before? That I know you don't typically face air raids a ton in the, in, right. in the Big Ten, but is there anything you can draw on those games that can help here? Um, yeah, yeah, and I think Jim has a, probably a little bit more of a background with it being you know coming from the Big Twelve for a couple of years and seeing some of those styles of defense uh, and, and our styles of offense and, and going up against them. So. Um, he's got a pretty good, um, you know, experience with those guys. So, uh, had some good conversations with him, and I think he's got a good plan. Uh, far right, Clay Hall, WSYX. Do you think this is good prep for Notre Dame, just in terms of Hartman being an accomplished guy? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's a good challenge for our guys. I do. Um, I think it's a good challenge for all of us. Um, so, looking forward to getting to work and getting. You know, it, it's a four o'clock game for us. You know, we got the night game the next week. So. Um, you know, we played the noon game this this past week, so I think you know you're hitting a couple different times, uh, you're hitting a couple different schemes, um, you know, different styles. You know, we've had a game on the road, so it's been good. It's 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 been a good start for us, but but now you know going into the third week, you know, we got to ratchet it up even more. Are you sounding a warning that hey, we can't worry about next week today? I, I just don't think that that's where we're at right now. I just think that we're. One day at a time, growing every day. We know we want to play our best football at the end of the season, but we got to get better like now, and 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 that's the message. John, Scheduling gets tougher. What areas do you want to have you circled this week that you got to be better at? Well, the third down is is something that just statistically jumps out, um, but it's all areas. I mean, I can't sit here and tell you that we're a finished product in any one area. Um, if you name off all the different areas in the team, we're trying to get better. We know that um, we're not where we need to be. But it's it's like we say, you know, it was 1.0, 2.0. This has got to be 3.0. This is going to be our third version of ourselves. And it's got to improve because now you're on film for two weeks. And, you know, teams do a great job. Coaches do a great job of scheming you up. And um, ultimately, it comes down to playing really, really hard and competing and, and running around and tackling and, and playing with great emotion. Did you see the improvement you wanted to see in the running game from your old line? Um, no, no, I'd, you know, uh, pretty high standard. You know, um, I'm not going to sit here and tell you there's anything that I'm, you know, content with right now. We 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 got a long way to go in all areas. We just got to keep growing and building, and and I, I think that's that's a good approach to have. We just stay hungry every week. Fourth row right, Andy Backstrom, Letterman Row. Ryan, you mentioned last night's NFL game. It's just another reminder that you know we want to play away playing mm-hmm. for the quarterback. And how did Devin take the message and the distinction with Kyle being the starter? And what do you need to see from his development to know that he's ready to? Yeah, yeah I, I, Devin's a great competitor. Uh, he wants it really bad. Um, and, you know, he, he knows that he's one play away, like you said. And uh, he was great. 
but at the same time, you know, he's uh, got to get back to work this week and get better in the areas he needs to improve on, you know, and we've talked about it. I think it's just the overall consistency for him. You can see it, you know, but uh, he hasn't played a lot. So we're going to try to get him more and more experience. And hopefully the next time he gets out there, you know, he's a little bit more poised and has a feel for the game because uh, the talent is certainly there. Right in front of him, Dylan Davis, Delbert Gazette. In the offseason, you talked about kind of stepping away and trying to have more of a hand in everything in this building. <clears throat> I guess three, almost three weeks into the season, how would you grade your ability to do that? Are you even still focused on doing that, or have you kind of reverted back to No, that? no. Um, you know, I think that I'm, I'm definitely doing that um, better and more than I have in the past. But at the same time, you know, we have young quarterbacks, and, um, you know, we, we got to – continually work through you know the, the the beginning stages of the season so uh pushing hard in that area as well um long days but that's okay that's that's part of the job but 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 i think um certainly quinn temple has really helped with that a lot um you know he's taken a lot of those things off of my plate just in terms of the overall management of the building and then you know having you know brian and, and justin and joe philbin and todd fitch you know to try to help out with the offense has done um they've done a really good job of helping me in that area as well I know you said that it would be easy to do in the off season, but it gets kind of harder yeah. in the season. I guess does it change at all in these three weeks, or has it stayed pretty? Yeah, good? I think so. I think it's changed a little bit, but at the same time, you know, yeah, it's it's you know you know what you got to do to get the job done, you know, and to win games and um, and a big part is that big part of that has been the way we do things on offense. So um, you know, going to stick with that, and and the more and more the guys can can you know take things and run, the more that you know I'll delegate. Front row, Tim May on three and the Tim May Show. Hey, thanks, Jerry. Uh, Ryan, when, when did the decision hit you that this was the time and the moment? Were you eating dinner, eating breakfast? Were you watching video? I'm talking about about naming uh, Kyle the bonafide dude. I, I felt like it after the game. I just didn't feel like it was the right time until we have reviewed the film. But uh, I just felt like after the game, there was just an overall poise and consistency that um, just – I think led us all to think that, okay, Kyle's, Kyle's the guy right now. Yeah. And he seemed to throw the ball with more authority on yeah. Saturday. Do you agree with that? I do. I mean, yeah. yeah. He had some that came out with um, a lot more confidence for sure. Yeah. And uh, the sneak peek you've taken, at least, of WKU uh, and their offense, Austin Reed, in particular, the quarterback, what jumps out at you about him? The way he led the nation in passing last year pretty close. Yeah. Um, his story is pretty interesting where he came from and, you know, um, you know, just in terms of, you know, wasn't a highly recruited guy, he's had to earn everything he's had to get. And that's that's usually uh, the right recipe for a really good quarterback. But he's accurate. He gets the ball out of his hand. Uh, you can tell he's very, very intelligent, has good vision. So a uh, really good challenge for our defense this week. I mean, they're, they're going to come after us. And, and um, you know, I think, you know, for the D-line, for the secondary, all of the above schematically, um, looking forward to getting it going this week and, and seeing how it plays out on Saturday. Uh, deep uh, center, uh, Jeremy Birmingham. Rivals. Ryan, there was a lot of focus all offseason about leadership, the committees, the, the finding guys to step up and be that guy. A lot of the guys that have been picked, Cade, uh, Xavier, Tommy, these are guys that are quiet guys on the outside looking in. You guys obviously see practice, you see a lot more than we do. Is there any concern that there's not a vocal enough presence in the locker room or on the field? It seems like there's just a little bit of a flatness at times, because that's just the way those guys are. It's not a knock, but is there something more you're looking for? I think Tommy uh, does have a, a pretty strong voice out there on the field. I, I agree with you. I think off the field, he's a man of few words. But on the field, I mean, you can feel him. You can hear him. 
he has passion. He has intensity. I mean, he runs the defense out there. Uh, I think Mike Hall really, you know, you feel him. You, you feel him on the field. Uh, I think Travion Henderson has done a really good job. I mean, you feel his intensity every day at practice. You feel him on the field. Um, and so that's great. And, and I think the more, you know, some of the other guys, the more that they continue to build confidence this season, you'll start to see that more and more. Um, but but I th- it's there. Um, I like the way Cade played in the first game. I like his um, his leadership out there. Um, you know, I think sometimes with the offensive line, you're used to having maybe some older guys there. When you have three new starters there, you know, you don't get uh, as strong of, of leadership because they're still trying to figure it out. Um, I think as they get more and more confident, you know, you'll start to see those guys step up. Feel that like any part of that is based on the early season schedule and, and maybe not having people looking ahead to something bigger. I mean, these games are hard to get up for for everyone, but they are playing football at Ohio State, so you expect that they're out there with the right approach, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I haven't, I haven't really felt that, but um, you know, we'll we'll keep pushing. We know that the challenges are coming, and. It's only going to get harder and harder. The intensity is going to have to ratchet up for sure. All right, Andrew Gillis, Cleveland.com. Ryan, you mentioned Kyle's consistency, obviously, but how much of this decision was wanting to stick with one quarterback so you can maximize the fewer possessions and the fewer plays that you do have? Um, I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I didn't really look into it that much. But, um, yeah, I mean, the more we can get those guys out there and the more reps they take, I know the only the better they're going to get. And, um so yeah, I mean, the more he can play, I I, I see it. You know, I, I saw the the progression from week one to week two, and hopefully we'll see the same progression in week three. Uh, third row middle, Andy Andrews, Leopard Warriors. Uh, yeah, you, you, I mean, you've been talking a lot about consistency. I guess is that you know the prevailing you know message for the team this week right now, and how how do you build consistency through? I, I mean, practice and, and just uh, how, how do you keep working on that? Well, there's a lot that comes with that. Um, you know, there's first off, there's just, you know, overall, you know, bringing it every day in terms of your physicality. You know, you have the physical part of it, you know, just the rest you have and, and being physical in practice. You know, this is a violent collision sport. It's a combat sport. So, I mean, you got to physically bring it every day and you have to be felt on the field. That's the first thing. The second thing is mentally you have to prepare at a high level. It's like taking a test every day at practice and you know, if you're not prepared mentally to go out in the field and, you know, utilize the techniques and the tools or execute the scheme, then, you know, you're not going to be consistent. And then and then part of that is like the soul and the spirit of it all is just the overall like, you know, I got to bring this thing because, you know, we're competing at the highest, highest level there is in all of sports right now. And so those are the three areas where you have to bring it every day. And, you know, we, we want more consistency in that area. Now, that's not unique to this team, but that's a, that is a message. Right behind him, Brendan Kulik. Buckeyes now on something. <laughs> <laughs> Sports Illustrated. Oh, oh that, that thing. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> well, you didn't want me to say what I was saying. We did. You almost, yeah, that, well, that, well, that's because that was, yeah, okay. Ryan, you, you were pretty straightforward with us uh, after Indiana when we were talking to you about success. You said, hey, 250 on the ground, 300 through the air, want to score 50 points. Like, that's kind of how you define it. But I'm, I'm curious, like, in a, in a week like this, aside from that, how do you define success this week? Like, what things are you looking at saying, hey, if we're going to, if, if version 3.0 of us is going to be really good, 
this, that, this, that, whatever it might be. How do you define success this week? Well, I think the first thing is you want everyone to grade out a champion. You've heard us talk about that. So, you know, we look at effort, we look at execution, we look at different things. And if guys grade over 80%, then, then they're a champion. I mean, that's a tangible thing you can look at. And, you know, if you have you know, your starters or you have a good portion of your offense or defense, um, you know, grade out a champion, that's probably a pretty good day. If you don't, then then that's you know, that, that's not the the direction we're trying to go in. Um, so that's that's the job of the position coaches and the unit coaches and the leaders to make sure that their unit is grading out a champion. Um, and and we have to be um, you know hard and hold our standard of what is considered a champion and what isn't. You know because that's ultimately what it comes down to. Now uh, we'll also look at the game and see. You know, how do we do in third downs? How do we do in red zone? We go through all those situations in the team meeting on Sunday. Um, did we win those situations? You know, we look at rushing yards. We look at explosive plays. We look at the red zone. We look at third down. We won most of those. We did not win third and medium. So that's an area we need to see an improvement in. But um, so, I mean, those really, if you say tangibly, what are the things? The champions, and then did we win the situations? I asked you last week about receivers in the blocking game, and there was one play in particular that sprung a Mecca for a touchdown where like two receivers blocked three guys to the ground. Are those the kinds of things that you guys show in film sessions that, that hopefully inspire the rest of the team when you see receivers doing stuff like that? Yeah, and we show the good ones, and we show the ones that we need to improve on. Um, and, and, you know, it's part of our, our, our meeting on Sunday, and, and that was one of the ones that were on. That was a huge play. They did a great job. Also, the one on Travion's touchdown. G, Emeka, and Marvin did a really nice job, three for three on the perimeter. You make those blocks, that's when good turns to great. And uh, that's, that was a huge emphasis going into last week. We thought that you know we needed to block the perimeter better. We did that. Got to keep improving. Big challenge, bigger challenges are coming ahead. But but there was definitely some tangible things that we saw that we showed the guys where if we make those blocks on the perimeter, we get the ball out there. That's a gain of you know two touchdowns. That if you don't make those blocks, they're gains of five and six. So everyone has to do their part on offense. What's coaching coordinator Chip Trainer on that on that play? What you know what I mean? The the touchdown was called back for holding. Um, Again, I got, I got feedback that, you know, that probably was not a hold, you know, so I don't know. I don't know what to say. That's all I wanted to hear. Yeah. <laughs> got time for just a couple more. Front row, Bill Rabinowitz, Columbus Dispatch. This is not my question, but the way you answered that, you're getting a lot of those, aren't you? After the fact. For yeah. I mean, you know, I guess it's part of the game, you know. We'll worry about just, you know, getting our hands tighter and inside and, and doing a better job on third down. My question. Uh, Kyle is a pretty flat line, even heel kind of guy. What was his reaction when you told him after all these months? You, <laughs> yeah, no, you know, Kyle, like you said, is not someone that shows a ton of emotion all the time. Um, he's excited, but uh, but he wasn't exactly jumping on the table when he asked me. I think he was. That was more of a confirmation. I think he, he felt like the time was right, and that, um, and I think he was right about that. This morning. Uh, this yeah, this morning. Yeah. And you mentioned peace of mind for him. How much is peace of mind for you? that you don't have to think about this anymore. That we've got our guy. We've got West Kentucky, which will be a challenge. We've got Notre Dame and the Big Ten. We needed to have this done by now. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I guess it's one less thing. Still got a lot of other things to worry about. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think it's, um, it's played itself out. I, you know, I think if we sat here two weeks ago, we said, you know, we'll get a chance in two weeks to at least have two games to look at and see where it's at. And I think that's kind of how it went. You never know how it's going to go, right? It could could go a million different ways. You know, you even look at how the game went last night. I mean, unbelievable. But, um, 
so you don't know. You don't have a crystal ball. But here we are. I think it's it's you know played out the way. And then also there's also practice, and we've seen enough in practice to lead us to believe that this is the right thing to do. And final question, second row, uh, Doug Lamarise, Kings of Columbus. Right. I don't. I guess Western Kentucky's maybe not pure air raid anymore, but it's on the tree. Yeah. I guess right. Sure. Have you? Studied air raid much? Dabbled in it? Have you what? Do you, have you ever thought of instituting it more into what you do, or how much have you? What, what do you think of that philosophy? Uh, it, it's an identity. It is. Um, you know, there's there's pluses and minuses to everything, um, and and they do a great job of creating space and getting the ball out of their hand quickly and wide receiver screens and the, the throws off of them and they, they they're creative about some of their trick things that they do and so we got to be on our game. They're going to challenge us. Um, but yeah, you, we look at everybody. I mean, I probably look at too many people, but um, always looking for great ideas of how teams attack others. Um, but ultimately, you have to get back to what your identity is, you know. And um, and so, you know, there's certain things that um, are trends in different leagues, you know. And certainly in the Big Ten, there's there's things that um, and teams and you know weather and just different things you have to consider. And I know offensively, you want to be efficient and explosive. Right, yes. that's a given. But that that slider, right? If it's, is it right in the middle all the time? We want to be efficient and explosive, or or philosophically, do you? Is there a way that you lean? If we're gonna, or does that change with your quarterback, with your players, with your team? In the game, in the game, yeah. I think all those things you have to consider for sure. Um, you know, you, you every every opponent's different. Every situation's different. You know, there's a lot of things to consider. Um, and those are the decisions you try to do the best you can to put your team in the best situation, ultimately, to, to reach your goals. Um, you know, sometimes it may not be the best thing at the time or seem that way, but um, you try to do everything you can. And um, it's our job as coaches to do that. And, um, you know, sometimes you want to see how certain guys are responding. Sometimes you want to see, you know, uh, give somebody an opportunity to prove in a game that they can or they can't. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, you have to be a little bit stubborn in certain areas to find out. But and sometimes it's exciting, sometimes disappointing. But that's part of building a team and building an offense and figuring out what you can and can't do. Because like we said, going into week one and week two, you make assumptions and some assumptions are proven to be true. Other assumptions are proven to be wrong. And then you keep building from there. Coach, thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Ryan. Next up to the podium, Ohio State defensive coordinator, Jim Knowles. Hey coach, um, what are you seeing out of uh, Jack and JT off the edge? Is it, uh, they're not getting a lot of pressure, but is it, is it scheme? Are they getting their job done? Just what are you seeing out of JT and, and Jack? Yeah, they're getting their job done. You know, we faced uh, two games where Really, there weren't that many opportunities to pass rush. Um, you know, there, that chance will come probably this week. But like I always say, you never know. Um, it looks like this week they're going to get their chance. You know, we faced an, an option attack. And, a, you know, last week a lot of teams trying to run the ball on third down, you know, um, shorten the game. So they just haven't had the opportunities yet. Uh, right behind him, Nathan Barry, 
as you've been formulating this, you know, your, your defensive philosophy over the years, these running or RPO heavy offenses, no, no, how much do you have to adjust your philosophy to attack a team like this, or do you, do you feel like this philosophy is built already to? to yeah, we built it over the years for the RPO. Um, I think sometimes you can get uh, to sleep, you know, or uh, lose your eyes. A lot of it is about eye discipline, but um, you know, the answers are there. They're, they're in the system. Um, I feel good about what we have. It's just continued training. All right, we'll go next to Spencer Holbrook, Letterman Road. Jim, what did you like so much about uh, Jordan in the slot on Saturday? Do you think that you guys are going to be able to use that to your advantage moving forward? Yeah, he's a athletic, competitive guy, you know. Um, who showed uh, also from that position a willingness to tackle, you know. So those guys get into the mix um, as tacklers. And, um, yeah, he showed a toughness also with having the foot speed of a corner, which is ideally what you look for. We'll go uh, second row right here, Bill Landis. Um, I guess just maybe as part of your philosophy, um, how important are, like, havoc plays behind the line of scrimmage to have the loss and sacks and – when you come out of a game where you know, you're playing an FCS opponent, you only get three tackles per loss against a team that runs the ball a lot. Is that, is that not meeting the standard, or do you not concern yourself with those kind of plays? I think I've adjusted. You know, um, I think when you're at places where you need to live in that world, you know, feast or famine type of world where you're trying to make sure that you take a lot of chances, do a lot of different things to somehow gain the advantage you know I think I've adjusted my philosophy here because we have different players and um, you know my job is to make sure that we win the game you know not get the TFLs and uh, a lot of times I think the best philosophy here is to let the guys play keep the points off the board that's an adjustment from Oklahoma State absolutely to here absolutely. when did that kind of click for you I guess you know, probably last year when we experienced some issues, yeah. You know, I mean, it was um, – I think if you live in that world against teams that, you know, where you have a skill advantage, it can look really nice. But when you get into the matchup games, you know, I found that it can hurt you. So you need to be able to adjust. Like in your past, just especially the last two years of Oklahoma State, you guys were among the best teams in the country and making those kind of plays. Were those more the, the byproduct of, I guess, hyper aggression, being, being willing to, to sell out a little more to make those plays? Absolutely. Yep. Uh, fourth row middle, Tony Herdeman, Buckeye Hill. Uh, Jim, seemed like you guys lost leverage a little bit more this week than the previous week. Would you agree with that? What would you assess? Yeah, I do agree with that. Um, I, I think uh, it's uh, guys trying to do too much. You know, we have to make sure that uh, as coaches that they do their jobs and, tr and trust the defense. Um, you know, we have guys who want to make plays, and I think it, at times that leads you to, uh, you know, putting your eyes in the wrong place. I just wonder, was that when they did it so well the week before against an offense they weren't expecting to see, and then you. You see an offense you're expecting to see. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, I think uh, the first week, you know, 
we definitely got into a because it was such a, a different approach, the option that we hadn't practiced, I think you know all the guys came together and we made adjustments and it felt like the energy and and everybody was you know just trying to get their job done because you're trying to figure out the option. You know there was a hyper focus on that. And then this week, um, you know I think guys just trying to do too much. Go right here in the front, Austin Ward. Jim, did you? find yourself blitzing on Saturday more than you expected to? Um, I mean, I always expect to blitz, just pick and choose the moments. Um, you know, probably, you know, when the first drive went south, you know, I pulled it out to try to create that aggression, try to get us back in front of the sticks. But in general, overall, Probably not. A couple times on the first drive, more than I would have expected. Stay here in the front row, Joey Kaufman, Columbus Dispatch. Jim, how does uh, Western Kentucky's air raid, if you will, uh, compare to some of the, the teams you'd face in the, in the Big 12 with their the emphasis you put on the passing game? And is there anything you can draw from from those matchups? Absolutely, they're you know very similar to a Big 12 uh, type of offense. They'll throw the ball down the field to get it, get you running on the perimeter, trying to tire out your defensive linemen, um, get you moving sideways in order to then go up top, you know, create eye violations. So, yeah, it's similar. There, are there things from those, like, to, to stop it and like that, are there things that, you, that are really important for your defense? Yeah, you, got, you have to be able to keep the ball in front of you. You got to be able to... Um, you know, I call it smart swarm. You got to be able to chase with, with proper leverage. You can't just chase randomly on the screens. Everybody's got to be at the right place. Go third row middle, Dan Hope of Warriors. Jim, what went into the decision to take Malik out of the game after that first series and go with Jihad rest of the way? I mean, Malik just looked like he struggled a little bit um, on the first series, and that's natural for a true freshman. Um, he still will have the opportunity to play. Um, just thought it was best um, to get Jihad in there, a guy who had a little more experience. Where do things stand right now in terms of who your top free safety is going into this week? Well, you know, if, if Josh is healthy, you know, depending on what kind of practice time he gets, right, it really depends on practice and, and how well you practice. But I could see Josh uh, moving back in there. Deep center field, Jeremy Birmingham. Maybe this is me playing too much video games when I was younger, but when you have a guy like Sonny Styles who is so different and can move and play basically on the edge or play nickel or play deep safety, in a week like this where you're playing against a team that you expect to throw the ball around a lot, is there any thought to having him in the middle and keeping Jordan on the field in the slot so you can get both of those guys' length and athleticism out there? Or yeah, I think it's always a possibility. Sonny can do a lot of different things, and we want to build that in. At the same time, um, you know, Sonny's young, and uh, we want to make sure he gains the experience necessary to be, you know, a premier player at his position. So it's always that balance. How, how much more do you, you know, anything you do with him in other places, you know, which could be appropriate. Um, you do take away from his continued learning and progress at his position. Come back down here to the front, Bill Rabinowitz, Columbus Dispatch. 
just how big a test will this be for you? Because you're going to, I mean, I'm sure your secondary is waiting for somebody to test them. Um, how big a test is this going to be for them? I think it's a big test. I really do. Um, you know, this is an offense that will attack on the perimeter and down the field. Um, you know, we had some issues with that last year. Um, we've gotten better in our first couple games in terms of explosive plays and minimizing that, but, uh, you know, we haven't really been tested yet, so this will be important. Just building off the question that Bill asked before, um, your change in philosophy because of where you're at, did that kick in at the end of last year in the off season, or even the first two games this year? Um, yeah, I think it was, you know, building throughout the season. Um, you know, we gave up explosive plays, you know, even to Indiana who we played or Toledo last year, we gave up explosive plays, you know. So those were still wins, but it was always on my mind. And then it uh, um, really came in after the season when I did the study. From here, Kyle Cameron, T. Robinson, the athletic. Jim, when you look at a guy like Davidson, obviously the most important, like obviously the thing important is you want to get your hands on the ball, you want to get interceptions. But when you have a guy like Davidson who, even if he gives up a completion, is so physical that he rarely gives up a tackle on the outside, does that sometimes be, can that sometimes be overlooked for outside points? His ability to play the, you know, on the outside run, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, nowadays people think of corners just as cover guys and, but there, you know, teams build that in. You know, when you when you're playing with five DBs or different situations, they build that in. Try to get to the corner in the run game, the zone. All right, next one, Dunglay Maurice Rivals. Jim, again, this what you're talking about was sort of adjusting your philosophy. Um, is that difficult? Was it obvious to you? Was it something that when you came to Ohio State, you thought maybe I will be less? feast or famine because of the types of player? I'm just curious about, I mean, you've been doing this for a long time. How much of a sea change is this for you? It's a change. Um, how much, I don't know. I mean, I try to pride myself in changing, you know, over the years because the game changes, your personnel changes. Um, I can't, you know, if I'm honest, I can't say that was on my mind when I came here because, the, you know, the things that you do the previous stop are working so you bring those with you but I was of the mindset of course like okay I'd have to see I have to see the personnel I have to see how they react I have to see how they handle you know all the different patterns and the, and the comprehensive nature of the system and then um, you know yeah it's it's really just learning and trying to grow and trying to do what's best to win um, it's not what I know, it's what our players know, and it's what they do best. And then just philosophically, and I know it probably changes game to game, at a place like this with the players you have here, do you take more risks and are more aggressive in an equal talent game against the best opposition, or do you back off on the aggressiveness in an equal talent game because we still trust our guys and we don't want to give up a big play because we're trying to be aggressive. I, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, you have to see the flow of the game. You have to, you know, it's always about balance, right? You, you, you never want to be predictable. You know, you want to be able to 
put the pressure in when it's least expected. Um, so to me, it's really about balance and un unpredictability. You know, you don't you don't want somebody to be able to just line you up and say they know what you're going to do. So you're just trying to change up. And when you get to those games, you have to look at your self-scout and you have to say, okay, what have I done in this situation in the past? And um, do I want to stick with it or is it time to throw a curveball? Got time for just a couple more. We'll go deep left. Uh, Justin Holbrook. After the game, Denzel said he had much more of a pro approach to how he went about the offseason and has now seen the results of that. How have you seen that, whether it's on film, you talk about habits being what a person is. How have you seen that come to fruition these past two weeks? Everything you see in the game, you see in practice, right? I mean, otherwise, you're not doing a good job as a coach. Um, so, yeah, I've seen it starting last spring from him, just his demeanor, his attitude, the way he takes care of his body, you know, um, you know, the, the brightness in his eyes, the locked-in learning, you know, all those things. So I, I, we saw it all through spring camp and expect to see it in the game, and we have so far. How difficult is that for a player? down season he had last year to have that reflection and talk to himself a lot he said that and to go from that to where he is now and learn from those moments and not let it get too far down yeah, it's difficult right it's difficult for all of us to change it's a, it's difficult for all of us to be uh introspective and realize where maybe um you can do better so and and imagine it's even more difficult for a young person uh under the spotlight of a top five program and and you know the pressure that he gets to be able to sit back and look at that so i give him a lot of credit go over here matt parker uh, yeah andy oh sorry andy. That, that's who andy. it's andy <laughs> <laughs> hi andy <laughs> so going back to davidson you talk about being aggressive or not aggressive. He's given up eight catches the first two weeks. Do you rather him keep those in front of him? Because he doesn't give up many yards after the catch. Do you okay with that, or do you want him to be more aggressive in some of those targets? More aggressive. Stay aggressive. Keep throwing punches. Don't change. Don't back off. Keep fighting. He's doing a good job. The Bureau Middle, Patrick Murphy. Uh, Jim, Ryan's talked to us quite a bit about the clock rules and fewer possessions, things like that. How much has that been a conversation with the defensive side of the ball and maybe what you guys can do to get the ball back to the offense to kind of help alleviate some of those issues? Definitely after this game. You know, I thought our third down product production was not good enough. So we have to, we have to, um, you know, it's one of those things you always emphasize the third down. And now you get to show your players how important it is and how you give up a couple third downs, but they don't score. Ultimately, that's a check. But we're at Ohio State. We, we need a check plus, you know. Check plus means get the damn ball back, you know, and, and we need to do a better job of that. We'll wrap it up right next to him with Brendan Gulick, Buckeyes now. A uh, couple quick things. Does Austin Reed remind you of anybody that you've played against in the past? Played against a lot of good players. He looks like all the rest of them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Arbel Reese got a little banged up this weekend. Is he okay? He's okay. I don't know his status for this week, but 
he's he's okay. Okay. And in general, for the first couple of games, you're fairly happy with just general bumps and bruises and things. I mean, do you guys feel like you're fairly healthy outside of, of the injury for Josh? Yeah. I mean, I think in 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 general, we're we're doing okay health wise. Sorry, we got one more down here, Tim. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, Austin Reed, and what did, what just jumps out at you about him? Uh, Jim, as you watch him play their quarterback, I mean, uh, obviously led the nation in passing last year and stuff. What what just jumps out at you? It's a, he 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 seems like a quarter. I, I call it. He you know he operates with impunity. You know, just like he just has a you know catch the ball, sling it around mentality. Um, doesn't get hit a lot. You know what I mean? That's and that's that's where you really take notice is. It's just like an operator, like a cool operator, you know, and he's just never seems under pressure, doesn't make a lot of bad throws, you know, just slings it with a purpose, like knows where he's going, doesn't get caught off guard too much. And, and the other thing, going in a game like this, I would think my my thought on this game is they're going to come in throwing haymakers and seeing if y'all can handle it. I mean, that's kind of a, you know, a rudimentary way of looking at it, but do you have that sense too? I mean, how... How do you keep your defense, I, I guess, how do you heighten the alert, you know, on the defensive side of the ball about what these guys have in mind? It's coaching, you know, that's coaching. You have to show them what they're up against, prepare them, have a plan. But, yeah, I think they'll do the same thing. I think they ran uh, 90 plays against Auburn last year. Yeah. So, you know, um, I don't expect that they're going to try to slow the game down like we've seen the last two weeks. Thank you, man. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jim.